0: First, you think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today.
1: Friends, it is so good to be with you today. We are really grateful to Reverend Shaw for the invitation to join you and to Louise for crafting and presenting today's service with us and gratitude as well to the talented musicians and musical talent of Bruce and Bart Martin. Thank you so much. We are grateful to everyone here in this congregation as well who supported UUSC over the years and continues to do so as they can. And First Unitarian, you have our thanks for being part of UUSC's Congregational Accompaniment Program for Asylum Seekers or CAPIS now. Thank you for all the ways you're living out your Unitarian Universalist values in the world and service to justice. For many of us, these last few years and this last year especially, seem to be an endless litany of one crisis after another. Climate force displacement, assaults on human rights, a deadly global pandemic. As these events and more transition from acute to chronic we must remember that going back to business as usual is not an option. Not if we seek to live up to the values we espouse and create a world with more justice, a world where everyone's needs are met. This is a world built on love, a liberatory love that creates beloved community, the kind of love that allows us to stay in the struggle until everyone is welcome, everyone is whole, everyone is free. This is what we're being called to now in so many ways, co-creating a beloved community that looks to partners, not saviors, that looks to justice, not the status quo, a community that reaches toward life, not harmful ideology. Dr. Cornell West reminds us that justice is what love looks like in public, and justice is central to the beloved community we are trying to create. Justice, as it is conceived of in much of American society, is often thought of as something separate from us. An impartial system, perhaps, or an objective ideal that somehow resides outside of human bonds. In reality, though, relationship is at the core of justice. Justice is co-created between people and between communities. This means that justice is foundational to forming the beloved community. Author Rachel Naomi Rebin describes Justice Work as service. She writes, when you serve, you see life as whole. When we serve in this way, we understand that this person's suffering is also my suffering, that their joy is also my joy. We may help or fix many things in our lives, but when we serve, we are always in service of wholeness being in service of wholeness. I love this phrase. And this idea is also found in the words of Australian Indigenous activist Lilla Watson when she says, if you've come here to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you've come here because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. Activist and author Adrienne Marie Brown speaks to this when discussing emergent... Strategy as she did in the video we just watched. Emergent strategy is the practice of looking to instances of right relationship in the natural and human world and following their example. We see this in the movement for Black lives, where leadership is intentionally diffuse and organic, drawing on the wealth of experience and gifts that are inherent to the community itself. Far from diluting the power of the movement, this model of mutual support affirmation, and challenge strengthens it. The movement is creative and resilient, having the agility and flexibility to meet the needs of the moment when those needs are growing and changing daily. And these grassroots leadership models also provide the space for the moral imagination necessary today. This mutually supportive, morally grounded and imaginative community-based leadership exemplified by the Movement for Black Lives is what Brown points to as the animating force and redemptive power of justice work today. It is the foundation of beloved community. It is life reaching towards life. The Unitarian Universalist Service Committee or UUSC is also a part of this journey one that has shifted our work from charity to justice, from depending on a few key leaders to centering grassroots partnerships and leader-full movements. Founded in 1940 in the response to the rise of Nazism in Europe, UUSC began as a mission by a Unitarian minister and his wife, Waitstill and Martha Sharp, who traveled to Prague in order to do what they could to get as many Jews and political dissidents being targeted by the Nazis to safety. As the years went on, the Unitarian Service Committee, which later became the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, expanded its global work, sending aid to places around the world facing humanitarian crisis. Over time, our human rights work began to focus on more systemic justice issues, shifting to a model of partnership with grassroots organizations led by those most affected by injustice. Today, our work focuses on climate force displacement, crisis response, and migrant justice. And While these initiatives may seem unrelated at first glance, they are, at their core, all interconnected. These issues are about the right to security within our homes, the right to restore our homes when they've been ravaged by natural or human-made disaster, and the right to seek new homes elsewhere. It is this last right, the human right to migrate, the right to seek asylum, that inspired the UUSC program called the Congregational Accompaniment Project for Asylum Seekers. This collaborative accompaniment program, also known as CAPIS, is a profound way to journey with and shelter people who are somewhere in the US asylum process. Anti-immigration rhetoric, Cruel enforcement policies and the near complete dismantling of the US asylum process has been escalating in recent years. But this is in no way a new phenomenon. A new federal administration does not automatically mean that things will improve for those attempting to migrate to the United States. For instance, in 1994, the US government began implementing an immigration policy they called prevention through deterrence. This policy relies on increasing restrictions at checkpoints and militarizing populated areas along the US-Mexico border. This forces migrants to attempt to travel through inhospitable and often deadly mountainous desert landscape if they wish to enter the United States. Approximately 9,000 migrants are believed to have perished through this prevention through deterrence policy since it was implemented in 1994. And this is just one tiny sliver of the ways our country makes it nearly impossible to migrate here safely or legally. Within this context of immigration and justice in our country, many people both within and beyond migrant communities have been looking for new ways to change this system. All over the country, neighbors and friends have created networks to accompany migrants to immigration hearings, Legal and medical appointments, and check ins with ICE, which stands for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. They offer emotional care and comfort in times of stress and fear, provide a ride or translation services or advocacy before a judge, meet migrants in transition at bus stations with supplies for their journey, and help them secure housing and work. In all forms, accompaniment is an invitation to witness to listen, and to show up. It is a practice of being human together in the face of extremely dehumanizing systems and circumstances. For those of us who are not directly targeted by ICE, accompaniment brings us closer to the violence of our immigration and criminal punishment systems, creating opportunities to build relationships with those who are most impacted. As a result, many people who engage in the accompaniment become deeply transformed and grow more committed to disrupting these harmful systems and acting for a more liberated future for all. We are linked together in this work, friends, both because of our shared Unitarian Universalist values and also by your commitment to offer shelter and material aid to our neighbors seeking asylum. Your participation in the CAPUS program is one of the many ways we are partnering together in service of the beloved community. By being in solidarity with and sharing resources with people seeking asylum in this tangible way, you are saying yes to justice, yes to community, yes to that which affirms life. This is one of the countless ways we become beloved community, even as we seek to create it. We each have a role to play in its creation, each of us bringing our broken, growing selves in service to wholeness, recognizing that your liberation is bound up with mine and that no one is free until everyone is free. Beloved community is leaderful, joy-filled, imperfect, challenging, and flexible. It is life reaching towards life before we can build the beloved community, we have to be able to imagine it. My colleague Heather will help us do that now.
0: Thank you, Laura. And good morning, friends. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. In the video that we watched of Adrienne Marie Brown, she says, if we are not also organized towards what we really want and what we long for. We will always settle for just reacting and trying to stop something bad from happening. And I think most of us can resonate with that feeling of always needing to react against something bad. Um, And I bet you can also understand how frustrating and demoralizing that can be. So if we want to do our justice work more effectively and more faithfully, we have to have a vision of the world we want, not just the world we don't want. So as Laura said, that is what I'm gonna work on with you today. We're gonna start imagining what the beloved community actually looks and feels like to each of us. So with that, I invite you into a brief visioning practice. So I I ask you to settle your body into a comfortable position Maybe that means grounding your feet to the floor like the roots of a great oak tree. Maybe that means relaxing your head and letting your chin dip down a bit so that your head, your brain is closer to your heart. Maybe that means leaning your head back as if you're, your head really is in the clouds of imagination as they say. Maybe it's something completely different. And if you're comfortable doing so, close your eyes or soften your gaze as you take a deep breath in. And as you release that breath, notice your muscles. Are they clenched from worry as mentioned in Vahavta? Take another deep breath in. And as you release the breath slowly try to unclench them Keep breathing Loose and loose and baby you don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones Let go, let go, let go. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Now, in this hopefully more relaxed state, Imagine that we have made it. We have won. We're in the beloved community. There is no war, no poverty, no borders, no prisons. Bring yourself into that future time when we have arrived and we are together. Notice all your senses that are being activated. They may be different for each of us. Do you see something? Can you hear noises, sounds? Is there a smell? What do you taste? Can you feel something? Who's there with you? What are we doing together? Take a deep breath in as you continue to notice this internal beloved community. Slowly breathe out. As we gently come back to the present, take a moment to notice how your time in the beloved community made you feel. Did something stick with you in particular from that time? A sound, an image? If you're comfortable doing so, let us know in the chat what you experienced so we can start to share our visions as a community. So, you know, my colleague and friend, Angela Kelly taught me that practice and it has a profound impact on not just my mental health and my ability to stay in this work for the long haul, but also how I do the work right now. It's a lot easier Being the person I want to be in this world when I'm filled up with peace and possibility rather than frustration and fear. And You see, when when I imagine the beloved community, what I experience is a true community meal. Food plays a very large part in my life. I love to feed people, I love trying new foods, and I love to connect with people over meals. This is a general trait of my family. Uh, we often return from vacations and spend the first hour of describing said vacation just talking about the food we ate. And as I do this practice, I'm brought back to that place, that community meal, where I know that the food we are sharing tastes like the joy of no one Knowing that no one is hungry, that sparkling taste, as mentioned in the reading earlier. That the laughter I hear sounds like true liberation, a type of laughter that can only be heard when no one is behind bars. And that the people I'm with feel like home because I know everyone else in the world has shelter. Just talking about it now with you all fills me with a sense of peace and brings tears to my eyes. I miss that world, even though I've never physically been there. So when I'm struggling with all the injustices in the world and feeling overwhelmed and like I have to respond to all of them or feeling like nothing I do can ever make a real difference, I go back to that place. I connect to this touch tone I have of it, which is the sound of clinking forks and knives on plates. I let it wash over me and I ask myself, what will get me closer to that world? How am I different when I'm in that place? And how can I start living that way in the here and now? What is my work to do? the work that combines my passions and my skills that gets us all closer to the beloved community. By keeping that vision close at hand, I know that whatever direction I decide to go in, whatever work I do, it will get me to the same place and that all the trials and tribulations along the way will be more than worth it. So now I ask you, how will you get to your vision of the beloved community as individuals and as a community? We hope that in our time together today, we've inspired your imagination, that you've learned something and that you will continue to join us in building the beloved community through campus, through other programs, And we're very excited to see how we can continue to practice together, living in the world we long for right now. Amen, and let it be so.